0: Welcome back, lords, ladies, and lovelies, to Black Girl Tea Party. My name is Leah Dorsey.
1: And I'm Yasmeen Hill. First things first, let's get right into the brew. Aaliyah, what's brewing for you this week?
0: Oh my gosh. So, what's brewing for me this week has a lot to do with the topic of our episode this week of being black at a PWI. Um, And you know what? I'm not even going to waste my breath really getting into it, into it with y'all. But all I need to say is that if somebody Brown says that something that you do is racist. The appropriate response is, is like to say, oh, wow, I'm so sorry about that. I didn't understand that was racist. I am going to change my behavior around you and around other people like you. Thank you for telling me. The inappropriate response is to say, that's not racist because I say so you know why what you're doing in that sentence is you're a dehumanizing that person and gaslighting them into thinking that they're bringing up something that doesn't really matter and B you're just being racist by dismissing so- by dismissing their like legitimate concern understand that as a person who is white and who doesn't experience racism that you have no right to tell a person of color that, that uh, the, uh, the thing that they just told you is racist isn't racist because you don't experience racism.
1: Don't be rude.
0: Like, take that as a learning opportunity. And that's all I gotta say about that. Period. <laughs> God, like, honestly, the gall people have is astounding. You know what? You know what people have? The audacity. Not the brain cell, the audacity. And they continue to have it, and they need to pack it up, you know? All I'd say is that, you know what, Icarus fell to his death for pride. And I think maybe we should all think about that. (laughs) We should all think about that. We should think about all the Greek heroes that have died because of hubris. And maybe you should learn to curb yours. That's all. Anyway, in happier news, um, this election is finally is finally over. Thank God. It's I hate that our election cycle is, is a year long um, because it just is exhausting. But, you know, here are some good things that have come out of the, this election cycle. In Delaware, Sarah McBride won her Senate seat and became the first transgender state senator and the highest ranking openly transgender official in U.S. history. In New York... Two Democrats, Mondaire Jones and Richie Torres, became the first gay black members of Congress. Marie Turner in Oklahoma, who uses she, they pronouns, hit a milestone this week and became the country's first non-binary state legislator and Oklahoma's first Muslim legislator and the first black person to represent the state's 88th district. Two Indian American Democrats will be the first South Asians to represent the lower house of New York State le- Legislature. Their names are Jennifer Rajkumar and Zohan Mamdami. Uh, in Missouri, Cori Bush became the first black woman to win the House seat in the state after running for Congress a third time. And so I just want to send a congratulations to all of them. Thank you all for your place in history and in our world and in our lives. I think that, um, the world is better for having you guys in these positions, um, and you're all icons and inspirations to people, you know, America over, but also the world over. So, thank you and congratulations.
1: Yasmeen, what's brewing for you? Oh, that was so great. Um, my brew is short, but definitely, um... I think worth mentioning, uh, it's a callback kind of to last week's episode on music. Um, and it's actually really funny because I just talked about, um, this person. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottoms is a biopic. I think it's like a Netflix original film and it's coming to Netflix on December 18th of this year. So, uh, directed by George C. Wolfe and based on the August Wilson play of the same name, uh, the film stars Viola Davis icon and Chadwick Boseman, also an icon, um, a legend, really. The film tells a story of the mother of blues and the racial tensions of the 1920s that she and her band faced in Chicago. So, um, I'm actually really excited for this to come out. And I just thought that it was, um, a coincidence that we were like literally just talking about blues and I specifically like mentioned Ma Rainey, which, um, I don't know, that's just like the ancestors connecting things for us. (laughs) And with that, it's time for tea. Navigating the realm of higher education can be difficult for POC, especially black students. And if you attend a predominantly white institution or PWI, you'll almost certainly be subject to microaggressions or casual acts of racism. This week, we talked to some really outstanding Melanated students, Michaela Jones, Michael Middlebrooks, and Cam Wade, to get their input on being Black at a PWI. The question was, was, um, like, is college your first experience at a PWI? And, like, did you take that into account before applying or attending? And if it isn't, was it, like, a a big change for you?
0: Okay, now, Michael, you can start again. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)
2: All right. Well, basically what I was trying to say is um, I went to a PWI for four years of high school. I went to a Catholic high school, a private Catholic high school for all of high school. And I guess I didn't really see it so much as PWI at the time as I did. I saw it as like private school. So when I came to Mercer, I didn't really think about it in terms of, oh, this is a PWI. I thought about it as like, oh, this is a private institution. But I guess... I never really made like that click together that those two things kind of go hand in hand most of the time or a lot of the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ooh, gang gang. I went to um, a, a private high, Catholic high school. <laughs> oh my gosh. Honestly, if you've been to one Catholic school, you've been to them all. Like
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the experience is universal.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very true, honestly. Um, but
0: Michaela.
3: Yeah, um, so for me, I grew up um, between um, Ohio, Minnesota, and then I moved down here for like my last year of high school. Um, But I've always gone to like really big schools where most of them were predominantly white anyways. Um, And that's just always been like the environment I've been in. So it wasn't really I didn't really understand what like PWI meant until I got into the college um, environment. But um, but even with that, like as I was applying to colleges, I was interested in going to schools that had a larger Black population, um, since that was something that I was not used to, but I'd always yearned for, just being Black and wanting to experience something that was that felt natural. Um, but it wasn't a, it still wasn't a huge factor. Um, both of my parents went to HBCU, so I was always curious about what that would be like, but. Um, Honestly, the only reason why I'm here at Mercer is because my mom loved it so much more than everybody else did. And she just, for some reason, the idea of a private education um, in Georgia was just the the cherry on top for everything. Um, So I honestly didn't even have much say in my own college decision, if that makes sense.
1: No, that totally makes sense. Uh, Did your parents put a lot of uh, value on education
3: Yes, um, because I'm not first gen, um, but I'll be like the first female in my family to complete a four year degree. Um, So they, um, they always have good intentions, um, where it's like we want to make sure they've always had the mindset of I want my kids to have as good as possible and everything. Um, And so um, they always like to look way far ahead in the future. So that's why private education at this, you know know how Mercer calls itself, um, the Ivy League of the South, essentially, or the Harvard of the South. So that really um, attracted them and they were like, oh, all the opportunities that'll come, like, we don't care what it comes with, just get her there so she can have that experience and get as far ahead as possible. Um, And so the reasons were obvious being a minority, um, which is kind of sad when you think about it, but um, that's just there that was at the forefront of their mind, which I don't discredit them for um, or hold against them, but yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: No, that makes sense. Um, so college was not my first kind of like, It's not college wasn't like my first rodeo with like um, being at a PWI because I went to predominantly white, like private schools my whole life. So I was just used to being around my people all the time um it didn't really factor into my decision to come to mercer like that wasn't one of the things i thought about um i definitely did take into account that i was like i do want to know how diverse this school is because all the schools on my like college list were all pwis anyway but i still wanted to know like the amount of spiciness i was going to expect or that i could expect so
1: um i'm trying to like phrase how i want to move the conversation but because like we are all black people obviously like we and like that's a that's the sad truth. It's like obviously we have experienced like some form of like either casual or blatant racism and or like at um, At school or like in places of higher learning. Um, and I was just talking about this literally last week. Um, on the show about something that happened between me and one of my professors, but I wanted to hear from you all about how you navigate those certain situations.
4: So freshman year me would have been real peaceful and would have been like, oh haha ha, no it, like it's fine like I get it it was just a joke Kiki, but honestly now I just kind of light bitches up like I don't really care you know if you're feeling to hurt because I feel like at the point that you mistake me for like Donald Glover or like Oprah Winfrey or whatever you know what I'm talking about you you get the joke, um it becomes very problematic so my response is always is just to start lighting you know start start lighting asses up. Um, just because I don't know, I just feel like it's real disrespectful and I just don't really have time for it anymore. And uh, my patience is kind of at an end about with that kind of stuff, so I don't know. That's just how I feel. I get kind of aggressive, but I yeah. feel like it's warranted. No, I-
3: um, for me, I was always raised to be non confrontational. Um, so like when you're presented with, um, you know, racism, whether it's blatant or like some of that passive aggressive, you know, microaggressions, um, it was always. Uh, you know, rise above it, prove them wrong through your success, you not to, you know, directly respond to what you're confronted with. Um, and so through middle education, uh, middle education, wow, my English, um, but through, uh, my education, um, even before college, um, it showed up in a lot of different ways. Um, some were like social and some were, you know, like systemic, um, But either way, it was always ignore it, um, you know, turn the other cheek type thing, Um, you know, show that you're above them by succeeding and being better than they are. Um, So I always, I kind of, in a sense, feel like. I've experienced a lot more than I realized but because I was always conditioned to not even worry about it I'm sure there's a lot of instances where if I was telling a story somebody would be like oh my god Michaela that's that's literally racism and I'd be like what no they were just they were just making an assumption but it's like that's what racism is um but yeah that um, I've definitely experienced it in all levels um, of my education but never really tackled it the way I am so bold to do now at the age that I'm at, but yeah.
1: No, I I agree. I definitely, I feel like I face those sort of problems a lot more directly than I used to. And it's just like you're saying, I think part of it is like understanding what is happening to you in that moment. And then, you know, I don't think there's like a wrong way to react because, you know, depending on the situation, it might be more safe less safe for you to like react a certain Mm way right yeah but michael were you Uh,
2: well to go on like what you're saying like you know like depending on like the situation you might not be able to react well to i'll say like uh my Mercer career i can't really like there's not like a one moment that kind of really sticks out to me that i can say is like you know i would call like you know just kind of blatant racism or like you know microaggression and stuff like that and i'm not sure if that's just because i you know after going to a PWI all of high school, I learned how to avoid those kinds of people in those kinds of situations or what. But back in high school, at least for me, I dealt with that, like, you know, pretty regularly to the point where it was like, and I wasn't I wouldn't wouldn't say I'm not confrontational. I'll say, yes, I mean, you know me. I'm pretty like straightforward about things. But back in my high school, especially like it was my first time being in a PWI. So like this was my first time being around a bunch of different people who didn't who weren't also black or like not white Mm -hmm. and so there were just instances where i wouldn't say i'd like you know it kind of just let stuff slide or whatever i feel like i would be very quick to like point to something but i definitely couldn't do it in a very straight up like this is how messed up i really think what you're saying is kind of thing i always had to turn it into like some kind of like i had to pass off as like a joke or something or like try to like like water it down enough that they like So that whoever, you know, was, you know, saying, you know, whatever was offending me or doing whatever was offending me Mm -hmm. would be able to take it without it, like choking them down, like with, you know, the guilt and, you know, feeling bad for it happening.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like you have to do a lot of that? I feel like we, a lot of times we have to do the work to make other people understand things.
2: Yes, it's. I find it just very interesting, the fact, because at least for me, you know, I was kind of raised in a household where, you know, if you did something, you know, that people didn't like, whatever, you know, they'll tell you about it. And then you just, you know, move forward on, you know, not doing that again and trying, you know, kind of understand things. And what I found, at least like, especially back in high school, that that was never the case. It was more of a thing of, I would point something out to somebody and they have to try to explain it to me why what they were doing shouldn't have offended me or like why it wasn't as offensive as how I took it or whatever and it became a thing where they got very defensive and so rather than doing that and just you know straight up I want to say attacking but you know presenting people straightforwardly like with what's going on I learned to you know I had to kind of like set stuff up like you know I had to put things into like a joke or something in a way to like to get people to laugh and like I don't know like I really like stand-up comedy and stuff and I guess I maybe take it from that Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of apparent for whatever reason people can deal with the truth a lot more if it's making them laugh rather than it just you know being the truth right there in front of them yeah wow
0: yeah no I felt that really deeply like I like, like I said I also went to like a Catholic high school and like most of my friends were white but also like unfortunately had never really interacting with the black persons besides me, and so I ended up experiencing a lot of racism as a result of that. But I didn't feel the, I didn't feel like I could thinking about that because the minute you call your friend racist, it's the minute that you lose all your friends because it's like like there's no one's going to talk to you at that point. Because when I was in high school, like there were only, like. There were five other black girls in my entire senior class and there were 69 of us total in the class so it's just like that's like half the population of people in my school um it wasn't until i got to college where i actually got to have friends who were like both white and dedicated to anti-racism to where i could be like hey i, I think it's a little fucked up and they'll be like oh i'm like i understand that a, that's a little fucked up <laughs> let me fix that thing or that way of thinking and then moved on you know so now it's like i have the the room and the space and the access to be angry about racism um, yeah. in a way that I didn't have before. And it's, I think, for me, my college experience has been about that. It's been about like actually having people who are going to actually listen to me and say that something's hurtful. And then, you know, defending me when other people say hurtful things to me, which is even honestly a bigger boon in my life because I'm also very like non confrontational, unfortunately. I've, I've talking about last episode where I think I've gotten used to experiencing racism that I so used to that I don't combat it enough in my everyday life which I shouldn't have to but it's also like telling that it's happening to me so often that I'm just like you know it is what it is about it Mm -hmm.
3: that's how I feel especially because um growing up I was I was that black girl that wasn't black enough to hang with the black kids but I wasn't white enough obviously to be completely accepted by the white kids and so like I always second guess. That's why it was so easy to second guess the racism because it was like, okay, I'm not really black. So is this even racist or am I just sensitive? But then it was like, okay, but if I play the race card, then suddenly, you know, when I'm at this PWI, I've just alienated myself um, because it's just like, it's just everyone knows it's there, but nobody, you know, like we're in 10th grade. Nobody's really trying to be the Angela Davis of a PWI in like 10th grade. Well, some are, but like, you know, most of the time it's just like, Keep your head down, be unproblematic, um, because in some way or another, it comes back to bite you more worse than it does the person actually, you know, being racist. And so, like growing up, I think I experienced the most racism um, around my hair because at some point in high school, I stopped getting perms because my hair fell out, and I was like, okay, well, I didn't even realize like I had gotten perms for so long, I thought my natural hair was straight, and so when I stopped wearing perms. Um, I remember the first day I wore my natural hair to school this group of white girls just just had a field day like making the little side comments and um, you know telling me uh, you know calling me like Harriet Tubman um, Rosa Parks and you know these days I would have a really like smart ass thing to say back because I mean Harriet Tubman Rosa Parks you're like that's historical right there like that's incredible but obviously that's not how they meant it they were trying to go for like You know, the same way where I was like at Mercer, um, two years ago, my boss um, in the psychology department, she she was like, oh, I prefer your straight hair. Um, This hair is like cotton. And it was like, to me, you know, now that I'm in college, I'm much more aware of what is acceptable and what is not. And so it's like, it's those things where now she's not... um, like American like she's Italian and so like maybe the culture is different but it was just kind of like I find it hard to believe that you thought about that in your head and let it come out of your mouth without even thinking like you know taking context clues you know black person natural hair probably shouldn't compare it to cotton like if you're trying to say soft there are just so many other things that you can compare it to um so it's like I don't know it's just it's always been a weird thing to me. Um, cause even in college as I've navigated through different friend groups where I've had, I've been able to hang out with more black people. I still sometimes question, you know, the racism that I even experience, like here on campus. Um, especially cause you know, in this day and age people are so quick to call each other snowflakes or this, that, and the third. Um, so it's like, it's even hard to figure out what's racism sometimes like when you're experiencing it and what you should be offended at because it's like taking offense there's just a really weird blurred line between what is actually offensive and what is just you being sensitive. But that's just one struggle I've always had um, with distinguishing the different types of racism and how to react.
0: Right, and there's consequences for being angry. Like there, I've experienced this kind of in my, so like my, all of my literature classes are, are discussion based. And like sometimes I will be talking about a text that has explicitly to do with race. And like even in that conversation, I'm not allowed to be like, hey, this thing is really messed up for like XYZ reasons. And this author is racist because like a person who might like that author, so they feels like they can't like that author anymore. And it's like, no, maybe like just assess what's going on here, you know? And being like calling it out comes with, so much other baggage because like you know you get seen as like an angry black woman for doing that when it's like well maybe i just want to like defend my right to be in the space in the same way as everyone else Mm.
1: yeah i think interrogating like power dynamics and like academia in general and like how that interacts and how that plays into like racist thought because i feel like i've alienated myself in some instances uh in school just because like as a debater i enter a lot of institutions and like have to you know i met constantly with a lot of academia that is not you know that doesn't really support a lot of anti racist arguments and so when you're interrogating that or like challenging that or thinking critically about it then you have like labeled yourself as being like militant or angry but then people still act that way to you like literally what was it, like two weeks ago? Like two weeks ago, my professor told me that I looked like Oprah. I look nothing like Oprah. And this is, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it doesn't matter how, I feel sometimes it's like, I feel like I'm doing the work, like trying to be educated and like educate other people and hold other people accountable. And it's like, still you're met with like, I feel like that was even more than a microaggression. What is like the the next step? (laughs) I don't know, it just bothers me. But Aliyah, did it's, you have another <laughs> Yeah, it becomes an aggression is what it is. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, you just saw black in glasses and like named the first person that you thought was black. And had glasses. <laughs> well, well, I did just- not
0: tell you how many times me and my best friend and we, me and one of my friends in high school got mixed up for each other just because we were both black and fat and have glasses and that's it. Like we don't even, we don't look it at all like each other but they said okay. same person.
1: Same.
2: Well, you know, you're talking about like the Oprah situation. I just, I don't know where this came from, but this actually happened like back when I used to work at the movie theater. I can't remember if this was during high school or if I was back in the summer during college, but there was actually a situation where I have a friend who's Black Mm -hmm. and some of the like other co-workers, he got a haircut one day and some of our other co-workers were apparently complimenting him on it or whatever. And there was this girl who worked with us, and she's you know more of the. Um, I'm not sure how I want to phrase it. She's very uh, black power. Oh,
1: <laughs> what do you mean?
2: I don't want. Uh, she's very uh, kind of instead of inclusion, more kind of you know black people got to look out for themselves oh, and like kind
1: okay, of I
2: that kind of sense. Like, and I don't want to say like you know like yeah. But she's very, you know, kind of like for the side of Black people and kind of wary of, you know, the oppressions of and microaggressions of, you know, the other people around us, mm-hmm. which, you know, is fair. Mm-hmm. But she actually had the opposite issue that you had in the sense that uh, apparently what the white co said to my friend when they got a the haircut, they're like, oh, you're so handsome. Like, you look like Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And my friend got like annoyed like she came to me she's just like can you like believe that She's like well, like what do you mean and she was just like well she they could say like anybody like they could say you know like Denzel Washington they could say some like you know bu- like you no know, black person they like I'm actually that white person I was just like well I feel like you know that's kind of like you know like like you know it's kind of a, like a good thing in the sense that, like you know they didn't they weren't looking at it as like oh you look like an attractive black male there's like you're just an attractive man and they used another like attractive man to you know that they found attractive and like, you know, they related to, to like, you know, convey the comparison, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I find it kind of interesting because there's like the back end of that too, where it's kind of, yeah. she was just kind of like, you know, well, like, you know, why couldn't they have like, no you know, picked a black person? Like, you no, know, he doesn't look like Brad Pitt. And I was like, I mean, I guess, like, I mean, yeah. but it's just kind of interesting. No, but. that
1: is an interesting, like.
2: Yeah, it's like the opposite like end a, of it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm no. not really sure what point I was going for. There. No, like, I think
1: that valid worth bringing up I just don't
3: understand why people can't just be oh you're so handsome or your haircut's so cute why do you have to start talking about like like Brad Pitt like Oprah like I've never in my life I, I at least not that I can remember have ever followed up a compliment with oh you look this makes you look like this and I'm just like I just feel like it's just safer to not try and compare people to people Not even like, especially when it comes to, you know, race, but like, knowing all that we know about, you know, Eurocentrism and like the standards of beauty, but also like the implications of like, you know, just if you're talking to a black person, don't try to compare their appearance to that of somebody who does not look like them just Leave it at you look nice and keep it pushing (laughs) because more than likely than not, nine times out of ten, whoever you think you're about to compare them to is going to end up flipping what started as a compliment into a microaggressive, you know, backhanded
0: compliment. But yeah, right. I be giving people vibes. I'm like, wow, you you look like a princess, and I would come to that that tower to rescue you. I think you're so gorgeous. (laughs) You know, like that's the vibe you're giving me. Dark academia. You know. But uh, moving on with some other questions that we have for you guys. I want to talk about, let's talk about dating. Let's talk about what that is like um, at a PWI. Um, Uh. Especially, um, I don't know, in my experience dating has been weird for me. I've only ever like dated one other person other than my current partner. Um, But like, it was very much like non-existent for me um, at my previous institution. And like in high school, mostly because I went to, I went to an all girls school and there was like an all boys school, but like at at the time of me in high school, my boy's disgusting. Why would I want that? And so (laughs) therefore, you know, I wasn't super interested at the time, but now that I'm in college, things have obviously, you know, changed and evolved and they're different. Um, but what is your guys' experiences with that been?
3: Um, I'm trying to think. I never dated until I got to college, because um, I was just under the impression of, especially in high school, um, just seeing who would date each other in the social groups and whatnot. Um, and I had plenty of times where I thought, you know, white boys were cute, because again, that's basically all I was around. So it was just like, oh, cute. But then it was like, okay, you're like, who you like and who you talk to and who you hang with is not what looks like me. So I just kind of shrank and was like, you know what? I'm not even gonna worry about it cause it's not possible for me as a black girl in a school. Like my high school was 4,000 kids and only in less than 10% of those kids were black. So then even in that small black gathering, the kind of um, people that were dating, it was like, I just did not, I was not in that crowd. So I was almost, in terms of dating, it was like an alienation almost for me. So then in college, um, oh, I don't I don't want to stir too many pots, but- Stir it though, it up. You know, like we all know, like at this school, we talk about, um, you know, I have nothing against interracial dating, but the problem becomes when, um, you know, we have the problem of like, again, Michael, don't take offense to this. I'm not talking about you, of course. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, we have that issue where Black men date outside of their race. And that's totally fine. Like, I have nothing against that. But it's when you turn around and start degrading Black women where it's like, it seems unwarranted almost. Like, I remember I was in the calf, and a group of football players, they were just talking about black girls at the school and they were making it a point to make all these jokes and um, like, you know, basically how the black female character, you know, how we see it on TikTok is like the loud and, you know, the the, the false character that they paint of us. Um, and they always say that, you know, that's why and so we can't mess with them. That's why we can't, you know, and I'm just like, and so that's why it's kind of hard to date at Mercer um, because it's like, I'm not, I just, nothing against, I was not, I would never not, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. It's not that I'm saying I wouldn't date a white guy, but, you know, Mercer and race and the certain groups at this school, um, have certain behaviors where it's like, you just have to be careful. Um, but it's just hard. Cause like on one side, we can't even get any love and appreciation cause y'all are so busy making fun of us. Um, you know that it's like why would I date somebody who thinks that I'm this even though I'm at a like I'm at a school where clearly we don't act like this and even if I did why does that make me less desirable but then on the other side it's like because of all my experiences in high school and whatnot um, being around mostly white people it's like I don't and then the different behaviors you hear about with um, other races at this school it's like I don't even want to try because I feel like that's not necessarily dangerous, but you know, like caution tape. Like you have to be careful. Um, so it's like, and the relationships I have been in here, they were they were cute, um, but it was, you know, nothing of substance. I hope none of them are listening to this podcast because <laughs> they might be offended by that. But that's I'm not just a target not
1: demo. So yeah. It's, uh, but no, I think being careful is definitely like something that should be at the forefront of our minds. And especially like, I think it's especially hard for black women. Um, I mean, for the points that you bring up of like, you know, being painted as like, not being desirable or uh, being compared to like people, uh, women of other races. Um, and so like, I don't wanna say that it's hard for me cause I've been dating the same person since freshman year. Um, and like he is a white man and that I didn't I wasn't like okay because I went to a PWI in high school middle school like I grew up around white people and was definitely like it was very clear that I was not like everyone else and like the people the people that I thought were my friends um, that I'm not really friends with anymore also made it a point to like Point out that I was not like them. Like it was very clear. And so when I was able to like point out those behaviors, and I like like applied that to my dating, I was like, okay. Like I feel like if you're going into an interracial relationship, like obviously there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that you have to be on the same page. Like for me and my boyfriend, like it's really important for us to be on like the same page. And so like when we, because we went on, oh my gosh, I don't want to be talking for forever, but. Um, we went on our first date January, um, my freshman year. So it was 2018. And on our first date, I immediately was like, I was like, okay, I have to field out some questions. I need to field where this is going because I don't want to start spending time with you and then find out that you're like racist or, you know? And so I was like, okay, who did you vote for? Like, what are your political leanings? Like, what are your thoughts on this? And so like, we pretty early on, we had like in-depth conversations about race and luckily like we're pretty aligned so i was like uh yeah obviously he's not going to understand like all of the nuances of navigating our world like as a black woman but if you're like receptive to that education or like committed to being anti-racist and like holding your family your friends and the people around you to that like same standard i feel like it's easier and so like we're constantly like doing that like check-in, especially now, I feel like. Um, So yeah, I think it gets dangerous if you're like dating outside of your race with the assumption that race doesn't matter. Like, I feel like that should never, like that is not, (laughs) you should not think that. You shouldn't be like, oh, because me and this person are doing well, obviously racism is solved or like fixed I think that's that that is where it could get like really dangerous or if you're like putting down other people
4: no I definitely think it's difficult and especially if somebody that identifies as queer I think it's even more so difficult because it's like um you know like uh, my dating pool is obviously a lot smaller um Mm -hmm. and then it's like because of my race my dating pool is like even smaller I don't know I just had like some very interesting encounters with people uh you know if i had known this question i so i you know have the used to have the lovely infamous grinder and every now and then whenever people would say problematics tough to me i would like screenshot it and like save it for just the occasion like this and now i'm impressed because i can't find it oh my gosh but yeah i know it's just like very difficult um I don't know, like I just had people like blatantly just like turn me down and literally the only reason is like because I'm black and obviously they never say it like that but it's like very much implied like because I am black that like they probably just don't want to be with me. Um, because mm-hmm. i don't because either a they just don't date black people or like b i don't fit into their like stereotypical like fetishized image of like what black men should be i'm also like dark skinned so i feel like that's also definitely uh part of it you know the colorism is loud um especially um in the gay community it's very 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 loud um but no it's definitely not easy and I don't know I find myself a lot of times with stuff like tinder and bumble and grinder I just find myself getting like very frustrated with that kind of stuff grinder in particular because I just feel like I don't know it's like sometimes I'm like why do I even bother because it just I don't know it makes me feel like less of a person just being in that in, like in those spaces and stuff like that that are like pretty heavily dominated by like you know like white you know white gay twinks and stuff like that it just a lot of it does start to kind of like eat away at you and like dehumanize you and you just kind of feel like less than mm-hmm. um so it's definitely not easy and sometimes i have to like sometimes i take breaks from it like sometimes i shut up just like delete i like delete it off my like phone or whatever uh because i just can't hang sometimes and that's okay like i feel like there's nothing wrong in not being able to like hang um because yeah. people are wow, like people are just <laughs> yeah
2: uh i was gonna say for me at least like dating well, I I never had what I would call like, I've never like dated somebody like I was somebody's boyfriend or like, you know, I had a partner or anything like that. So I can't really speak from the point of view of like being in an interracial relationship. But I'll say like growing up, like my dad kind of like taught me about like, when it came to women, like it was never like race never really like I never understood how much race, like, meant in terms of, like, dating and relationships and stuff like that, because growing up, I never really, like, had any of those kinds of, like, pressures put on me. Like, my father, like, you know, showed me, you know, a bunch of different women, you know, and, like, not, like, you know, like, showing, but I me, mean, like, you know, if we were walking out, like, you know, be like, oh, that's, you know, she's pretty, like, what do you think about her, like, what do you think about her? And there was no, like, you know, oh, they're all black or they're oh, all this race or that race, like, you know, it was just, it was a beautiful one is a beautiful regardless of color for me. And so, like, for me, at least, like, I never really had any kind of, I never had that kind of connection of dating and race being something that, like, has to be considered or, like, that people are considering and, like, are, like, you know, actively thinking about when they go about and date. And so it was kind of interesting for me, I guess, like, just kind of going, like, towards the end of high school, like, towards college, stuff like that, um, dating and stuff like that was very interesting for me in the sense that I feel like and this is kind of where I come into a thing where I felt like I was always not black enough in the sense that like growing up you know since I was younger I you know I learned you know proper grammar I speak you know in complete sentences and apparently not you know black enough for people so like growing up I was you know oh you talk white you act white like oh like I wasn't you know I did like you know I was kind of you know a redneck like I you know I fish and I hunt and like, you know I play video games you know play sports and stuff too but like you know that wasn't like, you know, the only thing I did. And like, when people found out that, you know, oh, you like, you know, like the go out and hunt or like be outdoors in the woods and stuff like that. Like, oh, you're not like, you're like less black, like, oh, you're white and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if necessarily like that's, I can't say that like, you know, I can, you know, point to something somebody said and they're like, oh yeah, like you're not black enough for me to date you. But I definitely have kind of gotten this feeling where like, there's a certain expectation on like what they want me to be like when they like you know you know we use tinder and bumble and stuff now like you know all they can see is like my profile pics and what I put in my bio and I feel like I've had encounters with people before where it's just kind of like they like I just wasn't black in those from like they like kind of came in here with this like fetishized kind of like um idea of like what they're kind of like were looking for when they like decided to swipe on you know a black man or like the approaches black man talk whatever and when I don't, you know, live up to whatever it was they, like, were expecting me to be in their head, it's, like, this kind of, like, weird disconnect where now it's, like, you know, like, not necessarily, they, like, think less of me or anything like that, or, like, anything like that, but, like, are something, like, not interested in trying to, you know, have any kind of, you know, anything more than a platonic relationship with me, and I find that, like, very just kind of, I don't know if that's, like, a me thing, if that's other things, but, like, it's just a thing where like I always kind of like feel like when I talk to a girl and stuff like that, like, it's always just kind of a thing where it's just kind of like, I don't know, like I didn't project like the right kind of energy or something like that, but like, I'm just being myself. Like I don't like, you know, there's not like a, a right way. I feel like I was supposed to act or whatever, but it always comes back to that kind of thing where it's just kind of uh, I feel like I didn't meet some kind of expectation that I didn't really like, I don't want to believe is there. And like, I don't necessarily know if it's there, but like, I feel like there's something there
3: you know mm-hmm. no I hear you I definitely agree with that especially like the struggle between trying to see which persona almost you have to give off when talking to people because um, it's like similar to like how you're talking about with the apps like there is a time it was a bet but nonetheless it was fun while it lasted I was on tinder and so, like, I noticed on Tinder, like, I got a lot of swipes from, like, Black guys, and it was just weird to me, because I never, like, I'm just not used to getting that attention, so it was, like, as you were talking to the, the, the whoever I was talking to, um, I was, like, I, I found myself, like, second-guessing my answers, almost, even, like, the most basic questions of, like, what music do you listen to? Because it's, like, I don't listen, I do listen to rap, but, like, you know some people know more of like those underground rappers and so like they're presumed to kind of um, I don't want to say they they are more black but essentially that's how they come across um, a lot of times where it's like if you if you listen to like the general mainstream stuff you're not really black Um, so it's like I remember one time I was like I was getting asked about all these artists um, and I was like no I've never heard this person they were like Oh well, I see you're not really black then. I was like, uh, the melanin in my skin would disagree with you. However, mm-hmm. I'll let you keep that. Um, but then it's like when I've talked to you know other guys of different races, it's like I don't want to be. It's like, how, do I have to dial back my blackness? Do I need to turn up my blackness? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's like you don't want to play into their any fetish like fetishizing that they might do, fetishizing they might do. But it's like I don't want to have to completely reinvent myself so that i don't scare you off also so yeah i
1: definitely agree with what you were saying about that struggle but yeah no and you i feel like we shouldn't have to reinvent ourselves you know (laughs) oh my gosh um sorry yeah but moving forward a little bit so we're, we're all seniors in this chat we're gonna be leaving out into the world, <laughs> do you have any uh, specific you know, tidbits of advice for maybe uh, young black people that are applying to college or about to start at a PWI? Um,
4: I would say like my best level of advice is like, well, I have a few things. I think one, do your research, um, you know, this is what I did for myself. I went and looked, I literally looked at the diversity breakdown because I just wanted to know if I was going to be around white people all of the time. Cause as much as I like them, they are kind of irritating and I need a break. I don't want to be around my own people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so so I would definitely do that. Also, I definitely think something else that you should probably do is like, you know, like once you, this, I guess this is more so for like, well, actually this part is before definitely tour the college and see what it's about because, that's the thing I did with Mercer is like I toured it first and I got the bike. Cause at first I was like, I'm not coming here. Like I don't ever want to go to this place. And then I toured it or whatever. And it was real cute. And I felt real at home and I was like, bam, like, I definitely think this is it. And then this is specifically, this last season advice is specifically for like when you actually get to college, but definitely try to link up, especially like if you previously went to like another PWI, like just growing up in like high school and middle school, definitely just really try to like, you know, you know, integrate with the Black community, just do, um, you know, just, like, do different things with, like, different Black people, join all of the Black clubs, because I know, like, that's something that I regret throughout my time, is, like, I didn't really um do any of the, like, I did minority mentors, obviously, but that was, like, all I really did my freshman year, um, and then ever since then, I haven't really done any of the, like, actual, like, I never joined any of the Black org, and, like, it's, like, too late now, because, you know, I'm, like, nearing the end of my collegiate career, but, like, Definitely, like, I would have wished I would have joined, like, more black clubs so I could have had that, you know, like, plug-in or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, definitely just, like, you know, all black, everything. Like, I'm not saying you can't have white friends because obviously, you know, do that. But definitely, like, hang out with your people because they're a lot of fun. And I wish I had known that growing up. Uh, But, you know, I didn't because I went to a PWI, so
2: um yeah the only advice I have and I feel like this is the real difference between going to a PWI in high school and going to a PW now in college for me is surround yourself with people that you actually like like in high school I kind of it was my first time being a PWI and also like growing up like you know I'm a very like friendly kind of person like I don't really I don't really have many problems I don't really have problems with many people and many people don't really have a problem with me and if I do, I'll like, you know, let you know, and we won't, you know, interact with each other, so it's fine. But um, back in high school, it was kind of this thing where, like, I felt like I didn't want to stand out because I'm the Black guy at school or the Black guy in my grade or the Black guy in the class. And so I felt like I had to try to be friends, like, with everybody so that, like, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm you know, doing my best and putting my best foot forward, you know, get along with everybody and, like, you know, not, like, cause problems or anything like that. And now that I'm in college, it's just kind of like, screw that, honestly. Like, it's just, I'd rather like, you know, in high school, you know, I enjoy my time while I was there for as much as I could, but the whole time I was there, I was constantly, you know, wanting to go and be back with my friends from before I had to go to this PWI and be with people that like, you know, not that I tolerate or that like, you know, I got along with, you know, 20, 50, however many percent of the time, but people that like, I always like to be around and stuff. And I guess that's my thing with college and, you know, whether you go to a PWI, HBCU, or anywhere, like, you know, that's kind of, you know, a lesson always, like, you know, don't be around people that you don't want to be around. And that's not to say, you know, don't go to a PWI because you won't find people that you like there. You know, I go to Mercer and I feel like I found, you know, my community of people, you know, not say that, you know, I'm a part, you know, like my community is like, you know, black or white or anything like that. But, you know, I find people that, you know, I can be a black man, you know, going to Mercer and living my life and going through things that, the things that i'm going through and i can talk to them about that in a way that i don't feel like i'm going to be judged attacked, or like gaslighted on how i'm feeling or how like i viewed a situation they you know they're just there to be open and like you know be a part of the discussion on everything and i feel like you know that's kind of my piece of advice just the people around you make the biggest difference like wow. overall no that's great advice
3: Um, my advice for those who haven't chosen a college yet, um, is to don't feel like don't let deadlines uh, make you feel like you shouldn't, um, take your time with choosing a college because you're spending the next four or so years of your life, um, assume like presumably at this location. Um, so make sure that it's somewhere where, um, you know, you, like make sure it's somewhere you want to go um I understand like you know your parents may be helping pay for it um but at the same time you know it's your your name is going on that piece of paper at the end of your four years um and so you know and I know a lot of times you see on Twitter like the HBCU versus PWI debate which is so played out in my opinion um but don't let that, don't let those opinions sway you either. There's just as much value in a PWI degree as there is an HBCU degree. Um, Because honestly, the beautiful thing is that um, if you're a minority um, pursuing secondary education, that in itself is, you know, a form of um, revolution against what, you know, used to be the norm. Um, And so, you know, don't, don't let others' opinions formulate your own, um, but also, you know, going off of what Michael said, you know, when you do um, get to that space that you decide to choose, make sure everything you do is for you. Make sure your friend group, you know, reflects you. And if there comes a point in time where it doesn't, know that it's okay to shift. Like that's what college is for: is shifting and rediscovering and repurposing. Um, and again like you know make sure your college experience is your experience you know don't do something because everyone else is doing it it's okay to stay at home while everybody else goes and parties if that's not your forte don't put yourself in an environment where it that's not your natural you know I'm not saying not college parties I feel like everyone should experience one or two just you know to see but don't beat yourself up if you don't it's not like a requirement of college um But yeah, just that's one one regret, I will say. Um, But even that, you know, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone either. um, Because a lot of things that I've discovered I'm passionate about came from the most unexpected of decisions. Um, So, you know, just take it day by day, one decision at a time um, and slowly. There are gonna be moments where it doesn't make sense. Um, Even as a senior, there's a lot of things that still don't make sense, and we're supposed to graduate next May. But that's kind of the beauty of it is that you still have so much time because we are only 18 and 20 and 21 and 22. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. Uh, I should have asked this one before (laughs) asking for advice, but the last question, um, I guess, is: Do you have like a favorite aspect of Black, a Mercer's Black community?
2: Um. Well, I was gonna say is um in when in regards to like Mercer's black community, the thing that I like about it is that it's it seems very like student driven and like student driven by you know black Mercer students in the sense that um I switched before I became a computer science major, I switched from the school of engineering. And uh, when I joined the School of Engineering, like one of the first emails I get is from um Mercer's Black Engineer um association that they have on campus that's You know, for, you know, getting, you know, black people who are interested in like, you know, engineering and like the STEM kind of fields and stuff like that and like, you know, having them come together but and like, you know, not to say like, you know, just because you know, a bunch of, you know, black people decide to get together like that in and of itself is like, you know, anything. But what I liked about it was that it seems like the students are the ones like really driving me like I like see the, you know, mercers from the various different organizations on campus that like, you know, are for supporting like, you know, African-American and black community, they do it on their own and they do it like, you know, through themselves, like, you know, especially like being, you know, in an organization myself on Mercer's campus, I know like, you know, it's autonomous. So I like to see that, like, you know, the, that the black people, like the black community are doing, you know, organizing themselves and getting together, you know, amongst themselves and like leading where they want to go. And that's something that like, you know, I really like to see, especially like at a PWI, you know, you know, Mercer, you know, and, you know, whatever schools out there will always, you know, be talk about diversity and their inclusion and how the, you know, they have all these programs to support, you know, these people, but at the end of the day, there is that kind of disconnect where you're not a part of that group. So, you know, you're only going to do so much. So like I desire to um, come together, and, you know, try to do better for, you know, the black community
4: as a whole. Kind of like how you were saying it's like because of the environment we are more so inclined to like really enjoy each other's presence because there's obviously not that many of us I think one of the things I really enjoy actually is like when I really get to see all of us come together is when any of like the black fraternities or sororities have their um their line shows Mm -hmm. or their um probates and stuff like that I think that's a really powerful time because I know for me personally like I'm in a white fraternity um so I, I see a ton of white people all the time but it's always so very liberating to me and just, like, love, like I just love seeing so many Black people gathered in one place, especially, like, at probates and stuff like that because it's, like, you'll see people that, like, are not even in Greek, like, at all whatsoever. Like, you'll see people that, like... <clears throat> Like, you'll see people that are in, like, OBS, you'll see people that are in, um, like, Haribsa, um, you know, you'll see people that are, like, from nesby like, stuff that doesn't even, ha- like, relate to Greek life at all, and they'll all just be kind of showing up and showing out and, like, hanging out. Obviously, the other Black fraternity, like, that's the thing I really appreciate in particular, like, is, like, about Black Greek life is like I feel like with like white Greek life, um I feel like there's not, like a lot of tension between all the different fraternities and sororities, but it's just like in black Greek um they just kiki with one another and they have fun. And I mean obviously I know that they probably have like tensions every now and then. But like especially when it comes down to probate, you can like really see the like the loving, kind, like leadership and like strength that they all have as one and I just like really appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Um I my favorite thing about um, Mercer a and as the group chat calls it, um, is that I really feel like we're a group of students that really um, solidly represent the versatility of black people. Um, you know, we have that educated portion um, where so many of us are scholars in so many different ways. Um, but then you also, you know, we're just as liable to be turning up with everybody else at a tailgate or, you know, on a Friday night or, you know, homecoming. Um, but it's like you know, we embody what it means to be fun, but also, you know, in the books. Um, but additionally, I love that we create a lot of our own opportunities. Um, a lot of the reasons why Mercer gets to brag on its diversity and all the things that um, its minority students are doing and its black students are doing is because we step into those spaces. We don't wait for them to step to us. Um, and that's one thing I've always loved, like we're not afraid to challenge the administration. We're not afraid to, um, you know, go back and forth with our professors, we're not afraid to step into those spaces that, um, you know, may not necessarily cater to us, but that we feel like should. Um, And so that's one thing I've always loved is that um, we're not like we're outspoken, but not in the way that is, um, you know, a hindrance. It's like we're outspoken in a very progressive like um, OK, well, if you get to brag um, on my, you know, on my establishment here at your campus, um, best believe I'm going to make myself known not just for your admissions page, but also, you know, for the fact that I'm genuinely here to major in changing the world like you love to plaster on those little flag posts. Um, so Mercenary and em constantly inspires me um, because there's always something that somebody's working on or that somebody is doing. In so many different ways. And, um, you know, me being a business student, and then, um, you know, Michael talking about how he was in the School of Engineering and Computer Science, it's like we are literally everywhere. Um, And so I really think we have created a reach on campus where um, we show up everywhere. Like we're athletes, we're um, presidents of clubs, we are, uh, you know, creators of podcasts, um, you know, where running Instagram pages where we're leading protests and marches. Um, and so I, that's what I love is that we're always doing something um, and we always support each other in what we do too. Um, so it's really easy for us, you know, of course you might have our little hiccups, but we always know that the unity comes before anything else when it comes to it. And that's one thing I love is that Mercer am and m is truly um, a community and we accept everybody, but we also, you know, understand that the most important unity is the unity within ourselves before um, you know, we go out there um, and do anything else. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Once again, a huge thank you to our guests, Michael Middlebrooks, Michaela Jones and Cam Wade. We loved bringing this conversation to our listeners.
1: Please love each other and yourselves. That's a wrap for our episode this week. Aaliyah, where can our listeners find you?
0: I am at it's Aaliyah Dorsey on Twitter and Instagram. Yasmeen, where can our listeners find you?
1: I'm at Yasmeen underscore SA. And as always, please follow us at Black Girl Tea Party on Instagram and search Black Girl Tea Party on Twitter to stay up to date with episodes.
0: Also, please subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to our episodes so that new people can find our show.
1: You can also send us an email at blackgirlteaparty at gmail.com. Send us questions, ask for advice, or just let us know how much you love the show. We would love to hear from you.
0: Once again, thanks for listening. Remember to love often and with all your heart. And we'll see you next week.